Hello and welcome to The Silk Narratives, the first online platform and podcast dedicated to the talented, intellectually versatile and beautiful women of the Arab region and its neighbours. The world is increasingly turning towards inclusivity, yet a fair representation of Arab and Middle Eastern women is still lacking. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire my audience and prove that these incredible women are not the exceptions, but perhaps the rule. This is Rima. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Silk Narratives podcast. The expression wise beyond her years was coined to cater for people like Lana Al-Tawil, my guest for today. Lana grew up in Amman and is today a clinical psychologist. From an early age, Lana's life has been dedicated to providing comfort and support to those in need, including at times her loved ones. Her palpable desire to make a difference in other people's lives, coupled with the understanding that everything starts with the relationship we have with ourselves, has led her to establish the very successful Be Well. Lana founded Be Well with the mission to build a safe space for mental health expression in Jordan through content creation and the provision of psychoeducational therapies that guide self-help and personal development. A small, peaceful revolution in a society where mental health is still not being taken as seriously as it should. Lana is the very embodiment of humane success. It is why I'm most delighted to have her with me here today. Lana, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. No, it's an it's really an, an absolute uh, pleasure. And I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure if I'm supposed, supposed to say this, but you are actually the youngest guest I've had on the show so far. <laughs> and after having met you, I thought it doesn't matter because you're just as mature, you're so wise, and you absolutely deserve to have a place of your own and to to you know to be featured um no matter what what your age is. It's absolutely impressive and so encouraging to anyone listening. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. So what you have managed to achieve so far, uh, there's, a, I, I get a sense that you have a very clear um, vision, which is really impressive. And I'm, I'm sure that such an initiative can only stem from someone who has a great deal of sensitivity and a certain sense of self-awareness. How did your personal journey lead you to here? Um, so first of all, I, as a kid growing up, I really had difficulty trying to explain the way I feel verbally. So I always uh, seek to do this through art and music. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was a form of communication. And that really helped me build my emotional awareness and sensitive sensitivity towards myself and the world around me. And um, working with the people from a young age also really opened my eyes to um, different struggles that people may face uh, during their lifetime. And that just helped me empathize with people. You also told me that you started um, volunteering, um, getting involved into charity work from an early age as well. This helped you also to understand um, the suffering of, of other people and um to feel a certain responsibility towards helping them and making their life better. Can you tell me more about that? Yes. So I started volunteering um, with different charities and organizations since I was 14 years old. My main aim was to just try and support and help children in need, elderly. I mostly worked with children who have faced trauma or uh, domestic violence and abuse. 
And um, during my experience with different charities, I got to explore the different effects that trauma has on an individual and the extent to which their psychological well-being can be affected. And that just opened the door for me to explore what a human being is on a deeper level. Um, So I started reading a lot about psychology. I started meditating. I started exploring myself in terms of my existence in this world and within myself as in my personal identity. And um, that just introduced me to a world that is just so fascinating and intriguing to me. So you felt um, that this is probably your calling. It's your life mission to do something about this. And you did explain to me that at times it did feel a bit too daunting, too heavy, because we cannot remain unaffected when when we see people who are suffering, who are living in in conditions that are far worse than the conditions that we live in. Um, In order to empathize with different people, you need to be compassionate and on. A certain level, you need to actually feel what other people are feeling. Although this can be really, really difficult. And because I was working at a very young age, I was really affected at first. I used to always go back home to my mom and just ask her, why are people living this way? Like, why do I get to live a good life when others are suffering? And I remember my mom just telling me, um, it's it's all about the way I think. Why am I looking at at the situation negatively why am I looking at what other people's lives are lacking and how they're suffering but instead I should look at what I'm adding into their lives and how I'm helping them and trying to change their lives and just shifting my mindset and focusing on what I'm contributing to other people's lives positively made me fall in love with what I do even more it's very rewarding. Yes, I can I can absolutely imagine. But then when you are as a person, someone who has by nature so much empathy, so much compassion, in order to be able to um, withstand or to do well um, doing what you do, you need to also build a sort of resilience. So some sort of a, a boundary where you have to keep on reminding yourself, I do this yes, for a reason. Definitely. So actually at a certain time during my life, I experienced depression and anxiety. And that was because I partly forgot that I was human. And I started blaming myself and um, questioning whether I am a good psychologist because I'm experiencing negative emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, But ever since that experience, I made a promise to myself to just never, ever forget I'm human as well. And that I should embrace everything I feel, whether it was a negative emotion or a positive one, and just also take care of myself and my health in order to be able to take care of others. Yeah, that's that's a very, very powerful message. Sometimes we get lost into trying to be of service to those around us, to, to loved ones that we might forget ourselves um, in the process. And the thing is, I feel like if you cannot give something that you don't have, so if you don't have that strength, you cannot really give it. And in order to show up and be there for others, you need to um, practice self-love also with yes. yourself and be compassionate yes. with yourself, which I think ultimately can be the biggest challenge. I agree. It was actually quite a challenge to become vulnerable through the page I created, Be Well. But throughout my experience, I actually started sharing the way I feel with um, my audience. Mm -hmm. And I think that was very helpful because it, it kept reminding me that I'm also human and Be Well isn't a place where I'm just supporting uh, other people's mental health, but it's a space for everyone, including myself as a human, to just feel free to express my mental well-being and 
better myself. Yes, exactly. And you know, the 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 sense that I get also looking at, at your page, we're, we're talking about a very special context. And in general, when you look at um, the Middle East, I feel like mental health is not being taken as seriously as as it should. You know, I'm, I, I don't know how it was, but um, you would speak to your grandparents or someone that you related to, to tell them someone's visiting a therapist. They think, why are they crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, when you go to therapy, it, it should be normalized. The feeling that I get looking at your page is that you're trying to democratize yeah. in a way that it's okay to talk about it and it's normal and it's not something that some of you need. It is something that all of us need. Yeah. And by listening to you, including yourself in it, you're encouraging others also to... Yes, definitely. So living in the Middle East, I actually got to experience the stigma myself and my family got to experience it as well. Um, I actually remember a time when I was uh, telling my grandparents that I wanted to major in clinical psychology in university and they just didn't react well at all <laughs> because uh, their first reaction was, and um, I'm sorry if this may sound offending, but this is um, the cultural stigma that we grew up with yeah. here. So they were like, you're going to turn up insane. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> like that way of thinking is just not right. And ever since I've been explaining to them what psychology really is and how a person can actually flourish once you start taking care of your mental health, because my grandparents also live with us. So I actually felt that change and shift in their perspective that um, when they started becoming more aware of their mental well-being, they just started accepting it more because they felt like it was a part of them. They were able uh, to uh, connect with that message. And this is what I try to do in Be Well. So I try to first highlight the difference between mental illness and mental health. So we all have mental health. And that doesn't necessarily mean we're mentally ill mm -hmm. or we're facing mental challenges. Um, so because we all have mental health, I believe that once we start learning more about that, that on its own is so powerful to shift your entire well-being. So when we start learning about the things that uplift our mental well-being and how that affects different aspects or areas in our lives, then unconsciously we're going to start putting in the effort to better our mental health. And so this is why I try to use a psychoeducational approach in everything I do in Be Well, just to send out that message because it gives people the will and the power to um, walk in that direction and discover themselves on their own. And in that process, we're indirectly breaking the stigma. So you are witnessing also a shift in behavior, yes, um, a shift in how um, this whole topic is being treated and how it's it's seen. I'm sure that you also come across people who take part in the workshops that yeah. you organize that maybe were resistant to to this to this idea at first by normalizing talking about these things. You're making them more brave yeah. um, to to face it. Why do you think there is so much resistance? I think there is so much resistance because in Jordan in particular, we grew up in a society that um, does not accept mental health challenges in general. So uh, we think it's a shame for people to be experiencing mental health challenges and that affects uh, like family's reputation. But 
I witness a great shift in mental wellness in Jordan and perspectives towards mental health in Jordan, because especially after COVID pandemic, where people were able to connect more with themselves because they were isolated and a basic need, which is social interaction, was taken away from us. Yeah, so the distractions were out of the way. Yes, definitely. So I personally felt like there was more um, awareness, acceptance, and even response from my community towards what I'm providing because people experienced um, being isolated, people experienced loneliness, people experienced different emotions. Triggering that awareness or personal experience is a very powerful tool to help people want to improve their well-being and accept it as a normal part of who they are. Lana, what would you say? I mean, I don't know if you would be able to give me an answer to this, but what do you consider an essential trait to have in order to be able to reach that happy, balanced life? What do you see that people who are somewhat balanced or relatively balanced balanced have that others who are struggling do not necessarily have or that they still need to work on or build? So I think resilience is a very important aspect of this. And when I talk about resilience, I'm not just talking about having a positive mindset where you just try and look at everything good happening in the world and just disregard every negative aspect out of this because this is just completely wrong and that does the opposite uh, rather than building resilience because building resilience is acknowledging that bad things can happen in this world and that challenges do exist in this world but we have the ability to face them and overcome them with different um, behaviors different ways of thinking that are scientifically and clinically proven in psychology so I believe building that resilience has to do a lot with acceptance and it has a lot to do with the effort a person puts towards learning more about who they are Yes, exactly. So it's not something that you get for free. Yeah. It's something that you need to work on, from what I understand, on a daily basis. It's yeah. a process, isn't it? Yes. So, so what is Lana's very routine to get to that happy place? Okay, so actually, I'm going to be vulnerable and talk about this <laughs> a bit. So I've been struggling to do this myself, especially because I work and study at the same time. And that really gives me time to just uh, do the things I love and just like take a break, you know, uh, but I don't regret this decision because I knew once I took this decision that I was compromising um, aspects in my life to reach my goals and dreams. But that doesn't mean I don't take a break every once in a while when my body asks for it. And I also try to go to the gym every day. I think that I think I owe this to myself because um, it's just like me time, you know, where I just go to the gym, work out for 45 minutes and leave. And I just feel completely sync in sync with myself. And I feel so good afterwards. I also try listening to what my body needs in each moment. So sometimes I just need to rest. Sometimes I just need to sit and just do nothing. You mm -hmm. know, sometimes I feel the need to meditate, whether it was through like traditional meditation or going out for a walk or just um, playing the piano, uh, painting. So I think there are different ways in which a person can balance their life out and recharge in a way. Um, I just think you need to listen to what your body is trying to tell you. I can't agree more with what you're saying. Growing up, Lana, who was your role model? <laughs> That's a difficult question. Um, 
I'm the type of person who likes to see beauty in everything and just like find the inspiration in everything. Um, even like small things I see on a daily basis, small people I meet on a daily basis. But if I would choose one person, I think I would choose um, my my older brother mm-hmm. um, because he always puts in the effort to learn more. And he always taught me that the more you know, the more you know, you don't know. Yeah. So he always encouraged that um, curiosity in me to know more and to put in the effort. He also taught me that nothing in life comes for free. If you want anything in life, then the more effort you put, then the easier it will be to reach it. What are the values that define you, Lana? I think my highest value is respect. On a personal level, I think that we should respect ourselves and we should respect other people around us. And that helps us be compassionate and kind towards ourselves and people around us. I think one of my values as well is knowledge, like always seeking knowledge, trying to learn more, acceptance, Um, compassion, empathy. I don't know about you, but I feel like we all grow up with a certain image of the woman that we want to become. So you just have an image of her, how she lives, how she dresses, how she moves around, what she's doing, how she's feeling. Do you feel like you are on that path to becoming the woman that you... Absolutely, 100%. (laughs) was a bit more like a rhetorical question. (laughs) Yeah, well, I grew up as the only girl between four brothers. Yeah. So I've always been determined to just like be out assert there, yourself. assert yeah. myself and accomplish things. And I've always wanted to prove myself in a male dominant society. So it's actually a challenge, but I think it's so beautiful and it taught me so much. So you're halfway there, you would say. What are still your dreams for the future? I wouldn't say I'm halfway there. I would say I'm still at the start line, actually. I'm still trying to learn and um, walk through the process of reaching my vision and my goal. And I really hope I can continue studying and um, experiencing work in a clinical setting and just opening my own clinic, trying to improve mental health in, in Jordan in particular, and in Palestine as well. You mentioned you're originally from there. Yes, yes, I am. And I actually do visit Palestine every summer. So I, wow. my ideal future would be working between Jordan and Palestine and just trying to provide support in any way I can. But I really want to change the mental health system in Jordan. I want to make it more accessible. I want to make it more contemporary and normal. I think, Lana, you're on on the right track. And this is exactly the feeling that we get when we look at this beautiful project of yours. This is a question I ask all of my guests. Um, The only difference is, in your case, considering that you're still um, beginning of of the path, I always ask them if they met their younger self, what they would tell her. Now, in your case, if you had met your 14-year-old self, your teenage teenager self what would you say to her I would thank her I would thank her for being strong I would thank her for the compromise she did I would thank her for being brave enough to explore herself Mm -hmm. and explore uh, psychology and wellness and just challenge society's perspective on this 
Because I think this is something so brave to do as a child, and it's not easy at all. No, it's not, and this is not something that most teenagers do. They'd be more, like they'd be more interested in in going out and partying and having fun and doing all the things that they're not supposed to do. And you mentioned that you always felt much older than your peers. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's partly because I have older brothers mm-hmm. and ever since a young age, I've just always felt like I've held on this responsibility that a person my age wouldn't be able to due to like life circumstances and challenges I had to face. So, yeah, I'm so grateful for for the young version of myself and um, for having done the work so early on. Yeah. Yeah. And for putting me on the right path and helping me connect with my higher purpose. Lana, it's been really beautiful talking to you and meeting you. You're truly a beautiful person inside out. And I wish you all the best of luck in growing your amazing project and um, having more and more people be converts to this way of thinking. I really do believe that change starts with yourself and it starts right here. Thank you so much, Lana. Thank you so much for having me.